Episode number 34, Clearing the Haze Virtual Summit Speaker Profile with Stephen Faust. Keeping today's workplace drug-free should not be confusing. This is the Clearing the Haze podcast, giving you the tools you need to most effectively address drug and alcohol use and decreased productivity in the workplace while investing in your positive company image. Now, here's your host, Chuck Marting. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Clearing the Haze. I'm your host, Chuck Marting, and this week we're talking to Stephen Faust. Stephen is one of our speakers at the Clearing the Haze Virtual Summit, Unmasking the Marijuana Camouflage. Stephen, it's great to have you here for the interview this week, and I'm going to go ahead and let you get started by telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Hey, thanks, Chuck. Uh, Glad to be here. Looking forward to the summit coming up in May, and I'm just honored to be on the podcast and participate uh, next month. So looking forward to it, my friend. Yes, it's moving up here pretty quick. It sure is. So can you give us a little bit of a little background on yourself, Stephen, and, and who you are, what you do, and that way we kind of get a feel for who you are? Yeah, sure thing. So I'm currently, I'm a, an aerospace executive in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I, I support and lead a about a 200-person team, uh, about a $50 million business. Uh, throughout my career, I've been, I've been in, in all types of businesses, all leadership roles, right? So starting, yeah. out, starting out in the military back in the mid-80s, 1985, kind of being an aerospace guy, starting out being a, a, a structural uh, airframe mechanic, and then just growing up as as an army guy into leadership and you know some of that you're kind of forced in early and then and then getting promoted and going through all the leadership training so it's just been something that that's who I am and what I've done for my entire life since I became an adult and then I uh, stayed in the army for 12 and a half years I continued on in the army reserve after that for another 8 years and I retired from the army in uh, 2005 out of the reserves. So I'm, um, I, I've been really lucky and fortunate to, to have had those different experiences and, and uh, environments to work in. Then from 1998 on, I've, I've just continued down this path of um, leadership and in aerospace, specifically working for companies like uh, General Electric, Aviation, and Honeywell, and Chromaloy, wow. and a couple of private equity companies and, and different things. So from a leadership perspective, I've seen uh, just by virtue of the, the places I've lived, the companies I've been a part of and had the, had the good fortune to lead uh, divisions and things, I've seen so many different dynamics of, of what works, what doesn't work, and, and just the outcomes and, and experiences that you gain from that. And what I would say is being in aerospace, we are an FAA regulated business, you know, safety sensitive. I deal with that on a regular basis uh, in most cases. So I'm, although I'm not a, a, prof, a drug uh, expert, I would say a marijuana uh, expert, whatever, whatever that means. You know, I don't even know what that means, but uh, I just know, Chuck, I know when I come to work, I see all these dispensaries everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. It's, uh, they're they're outnumbering Starbucks, man. They are. They're everywhere, and they all have their little marijuana leaf on them, and they're 
They, uh, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic in Arizona and, and, and in, I'm Colorado. Sure in Colorado. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's everywhere. But that's kind of the reality of life today and, and what you're putting on. And, and especially in these safety sensitive businesses that many of us deal with, uh, it's still something that creates risk and problems for our for the employers. So uh, I'm, I'm clearly aware of those things from a from a training standpoint, I've been through that um, the supervisory training on it uh, to make sure that uh, you you have um, uh, an understanding of what what that looks like and, and how to recognize that. Uh, certainly, from a, a consumer or a user point of view, uh, in the safety sensitive marketplace, so I can relate definitely to folks that will be attending the summit, folks that run businesses that do drug testing like like you do in your company, things like that. So I can certainly relate and understand, but my hope is to bring a, a, a leadership perspective to folks that they can uh, apply in their businesses or their companies in a way that allows them to move the ball forward. Awesome. Well, and, and one of the things how we got to meet is we both belong to a mastermind coaching group. And you're also a fellow podcaster. Your podcast, one of your podcasts that that I've subscribed to, that I listen to a lot, is the Leopreneur Show with you and your co-host Michael Tanner. And some of the principles and 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 things that you guys teach there have been really good for me, being a new leader in a business, having employees, and trying to understand that whole dynamic. And you and I have had a phone call before to just go over some of the things that, that I was looking for guidance for. And so I feel that even though you're not directly involved in the marijuana industry per se, you being a leader in a, in a corporate business, understand the importance of a drug-free workplace um, and having to deal with that dynamic. But we have a lot of people that are here, they're going to be at the summit that are either owners of their own business, uh, which is in the drug and alcohol industry, or they're owners of their, of their own business as clients. And I think with everything that's going on with both the legalization of marijuana, medical marijuana, the ever-changing laws, that whole dynamic is going to come in as a leader, and how we deal with that is going to be crucial. And I, and I think with your expertise, that's where um, we brought you in for this summit, is, is being able to help people understand that whole dynamic and how to deal with it. Yeah. And I guess, I guess out of your, you're you going to have what, 10 speakers or 10, 10 speakers. We have 10 yeah, speakers. I, I guess I'm the uh, ugly duckling of the group. So <laughs> <laughs> no, like you're the, not, man. It's a Sesame street moment. One of these things doesn't belong here maybe, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it's, it's true. I, you know, leadership is relationship and everything we do, regardless of the industry we're in, it all has to do with, the people that we work with, the people that we, that we support, uh, it's, it's the way life is. And with people, you're going to have dynamics and with dynamics, you're going to need leadership. And that's, that's maybe it's not actively thought of that way, but even if it's not, it's something that is baked into the culture. It's baked into how we have to operate. And if folks out there that own their own business or are leading big teams or leading teams, that interface uh, with this type of issue to know a little bit more than maybe you know today or to understand how to unpack and, and resolve a, a situation a little bit better than you did when you walked into the summit is 
only going to help them navigate some of the complexities that you find with this type of dynamic of marijuana usage and what do you do and how do you handle it and you know how do you resolve issues it's only going to help and outside of the other nine presenters that are likely i assume going to present very focused technical information on their experiences relative to the industry and marijuana and its effects and and impacts and all, all of those things to life my view will be you have all of those things now what do you do with them how do you how do you take that and then get through the personal side the leadership side to be able to resolve that in a way that you know maintains dignity doesn't disrupt the work the workplace in other ways and and still effectively resolves the issue uh, so you can move the business forward because at the end of the day these, these business owners they have to move their businesses forward and they're going to have to deal or resolve issues in one way or the other. So let's make that easier rather than harder. And that's my intent during the um, uh, summit. Wow. And I, I know it's going to be good. I just know, like I said, having tuned into your podcast and some of the things that you bring up in that with, with Michael has been very eye-opening for me in trying to learn how to be a new uh, leader in my own business. So Having said that, if if you were to come across somebody that was a was brand new into a business like I was, you know, almost nine years ago, has never been in a position of being a leader, having employees, things like that, where does somebody like that start? How do you start off on the right foot so that you're not um, that leader that everybody dreads working for? Well, it's especially with entrepreneurs uh, like yourself and and going into a new business, oftentimes we try to do everything and we have to in the beginning, right? We're bootstrapping it a lot of times. We're, we're working with limited resources. We're trying to be everything to everybody, whether it's doing the testing in, in some cases, it's keeping the books, it's sending out the, the paying the bills, it's you know, sweeping the floor, it's everything in between. And that's, I think, pretty typical and normal. However, when you do get to the point where you bring on a team member or a partner or someone to help you at that point, it's, it's really important that you don't think you can apply the way you run your business to the way you expect them to support you running your business. You have to be clear. You have to communicate expectations very clearly. Write them down. Get a whiteboard write them down. I'm going to do these things. You're going to do these things because now it may be your two people and you have to divide and conquer. And to think that somebody's going to walk into your business and help you and exhibit the same amount of passion, uh, desire, uh, blood, sweat, and tears that you do, that's just not likely to occur. So you have to be because of that. And it could be frustrating, right? You're an entrepreneur. It could be that's, frustrating. Yeah. That's where my phone call that you and I had was that uh, one, exactly what you're saying right now is me giving up control and allowing somebody else to do some of the things that I was doing to take it off my plate and getting over that, that whole idea that I had to do it all myself. And more importantly, I think when you and I spoke, it's, it's, are they going to be able to do it to the standard that I have? Right. Correct. I can tell you that no, they're not because mm -hmm. 
you invented the way it's being done. You've done it the way that, that it's perfect for you. And whatever they do, it's not going to rise typically to the expectation you've set for yourself. So how do you, how do you deal with that from a leadership standpoint? Well, number one, you've got to realize just that. They're not you. They're, you know, sometimes people, it's unfortunate, but sometimes people stop looking for work the day they find a job, right? Because it's, some people, it's a paycheck. Some people, it's a, it's a, it's a means to an end. And I get it. I mean, that's probably the majority of people in the workforce today. They're not bad people. They're just, they just have an, an intentional reason why they're working to do things in their life. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. However, when you're a small business, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a one of one show and you bring on that first person, you've got to realize that. And therefore, knowing that that may may be the case or not, or there, there's degrees of it, you have to have the clarity up front to really this divide and conquer mentality, this, this patience, this teaching, this shift from trying to be everything to everybody to trying to do certain things that you, you deem as most critical for your business and the other things you teach, you're patient, you allow mistakes, you coach them uh, to get better and to recognize if they can get it to 80% of uh, the way that you did it and you work through the mistakes over time, that's a good outcome and don't expect perfection because you will drive yourself completely batty, right? You will. You'll, <laughs> That's where you'll, it was. You'll be in a padded room, Chuck. <laughs> you'll be in a padded room, and yep. you'll just question why would I ever hire anybody uh, because clearly they can't do it. Well, that's going to be the case with almost everybody yeah. you hire. So you just got to recognize that and then adjust accordingly. and Don't let it affect you because it affects you. You're not going to be effective doing the things you need to do. And it, and it was that perspective that I needed to hear to help me to be a better leader and a better um, team member myself uh, to be able to realize that. So, Stephen, what, there's a question I wanted to ask you, and that is, how important is a mentor to somebody who is a leader? That's a great question. Um, fill in the blank. Mentor or coach or... Uh, confidant or sounding board or you know it could be any number of those things based on how you view it in your situation but one thing I know for sure is that going through life and going through leadership on your own is not a recipe for long-term success and by that I mean learn there are plenty of people that have experience in, in these areas don't be on an island by yourself, reach out, leverage other people's experience, lessen the learning curve for yourself, pick up. I've been in leadership for, you know, well over 30 years now. And I pick so much up from people on a daily basis because what I've learned as a leader that I don't have the market cornered on every good idea, right? I don't have the market cornered on every way that works. There are different ways to approach situations. There are different ways to think through things and to have someone that you can lean on and get feedback from. And it's some, and sometimes it's very hard to do from people, you know, and people that um, are, you would call friends or family, right? Yeah. They're, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. 
It's just, that's human nature. <laughs> I got to go eat your barbecue. You know, I know you're a, a barbecue guy. And if, if I'm going to go eat Chuck's barbecue, I better not, you know, give Chuck any reason to think that he's not the best. Right. So yeah. uh, don't take feedback. Uh, you could take it for sure, but don't, don't take it as the gospel uh, from friends and family because they are close to you. They see things through a lens that is often filtered by their relationship with you. Get an objective person, a coach to help you unpack things, help you walk through things, get different um, ideas and advice from, and encourage that coach. I know when I coach clients, one of the things I say up front is, look, I'm, I'm going to provide you a direct, no-nonsense feedback. I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be mean. But I am going to tell you things that maybe you don't want to hear. And that's the yeah. nature in, of, of a coaching relationship. So I recommend, to your question, I recommend everybody have that fill-in-the-blank somebody to lean on to get experience in a different way and exposure and help. Because we all need it. I need it. I pay for coaching. You pay for coaching, Chuck. I know, I know that you and I, what, what we pay for the groups, the group that we're in. And it's not, you know, it's not like putting an investment in yourself. Yeah. It's not putting 50 cents in a vending machine now. It's, it's, it's an investment. It's a intentional, uh, higher ticket investment for something that we all try to, you and I, and I know a lot of folks out there, want to improve and want to get better. And you, unfortunately, you just can't do that by yourself on an island. You got to, you got to invest in yourself and, and work with others. Well, and with your background and, and as long as you've been doing this, when did you come to the understanding that coaching with leadership was something that, that you needed to do or that you needed to pursue? Yeah. You know, Chuck, I'm, I'm just a leadership nerd, a geek. I, uh, it's just, it's just who I am. It's, it's something that I've, I love doing. I love helping others and serving others. It's, it's just a part of my, my DNA. It's in my character. Uh, I've, I've gone through life and I've been helped by several along, several others along the way. You know, when I was in the army, I was kind of this, you know, Zig Ziglar, if you're a Zig Ziglar person out there, you know, uh, Zig would say, are you a wandering generality or a meaningful specific? And, <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's these, these things you just remember. And uh, I was a wandering generality as a young kid in the military. And then about two years in, uh, I met a, a guy in the military um, and, and I worked, ended up working for him. But he, he sat me down and said, look, young guy, you know, you're out there spending your little bit of money you make in, in bars and all every night in Korea by yourself, you know, where are you going with yourself, with your life, with your future? And he helped me see things that I couldn't see for myself, which is goes back to this whole notion of coaching and mentors. And, and he, he put me on a track. He, he, he got me grounded. He focused me on the, the two or three th- things to go think about differently and work on. And since that conversation, and that was in 1986 or seven, I remember the room I was in, where I was standing, the conversation, his face, Staff Sergeant Jim Westbay. I, I remember it because it was an epiphany for me to think about life and achievement and focus and leadership differently. And it's made a huge impact on my life. So that's really turned me into over these years and different 
different roles and positions and companies and experiences. I'm just a leadership nerd and geek, and I love this stuff, and I love helping people, which is why I got into doing one-on-one coaching. Uh, It's why I do uh, two different podcasts, one with Michael Tanner, and I do an aerospace one, not as frequently, but aerospace leadership in life. Uh, I just enjoy it. So building products and services around leadership, coaching, uh, courses, getting more into courses as well, and just being able to help and serve others is something that I'm really passionate about. Wow. And that's awesome. And and that's something that's really ring true in my association, association with you and seeing you and, and our interactions that we've had, not only with each other, but also within our group. Um, there are different aspects of each person in our group that makes us all different and for you to be able to key in on certain things for guys has been incredible. Um, so it, it's been really neat. So that was one of the reasons that I knew that I had to have you uh, on the summit to be able to relay that to people. Because like I said, we're, we're unmasking the marijuana camouflage. We're not, we're, we're having to deal with things a lot differently and being a leader within your company, this is going to affect you one way or another because the laws are just ever changing with this. And so having somebody that's been in that position of not only being a leader, but training leaders um, is, is huge because like I said, I've never done this before and I've had to search people out like yourself that can kind of help me to be successful and to be able to help the people that I have working for me. So um, I've found it very valuable. So with that being said, with your session, of the summit, what is the topic that uh, you're going to cover? And if you can give us just a little background or a little taste of what we can expect from your session, that would be great. Yeah, sure thing, Chuck. Um, you know, I was thinking about it and thinking what's going to resonate best with, uh, with folks attending the summit. And it could go a lot of different directions. But you and I have talked and we've talked about some of the, the challenges that these business owners have and, and even if they're not a business owner working in these environments where they still have to uh, confront these issues with marijuana usage or maybe a test result or something and still figure out a way to successfully navigate that in their organization. So what I plan on doing is walking through uh, a couple of different leadership things here. And and I've equated this to kind of a four-step process that I'm going to unpack and it'll shift a little bit and I'll have some slides and I'll, I'll have uh, some different ways to approach this, but we're going to, we're going to have a couple of of points here, two steps where we're going to talk about uh, the why, why is this important? Why is this critical? How does it impact you? Uh, Talk about leadership from a foundational aspect, from a relationship aspect. And once we set that, that, that consistent uh, idea of how to approach something, we're going to talk about uh, then how to implement that into your business, how to maybe think and act and shift the way you handle challenges, maybe just a little bit differently. And then we're going to move straight into uh, what I think is something that, that your audience is facing on a regular basis is when there is a disruption caused by a marijuana uh, usage, uh, someone using marijuana in the business, mm-hmm. some a positive test result, some other disruption or uh, issue with people and all of these effects that I can only imagine come from, from this marijuana uh, usage challenge out there in the world today, especially as things become quote unquote air quotes legal 
right? Well, mm-hmm. it's legal, Chuck. I mean, I don't know what the problem is. It's legal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, when you fly an airplane, <laughs> uh, right, or when you work on airplane parts, or when you when you work in an industry that is so dangerous and safety cautious that you just can't do that regardless, and, and that's an employment requirement, it's a condition of employment, you know, pe- people get, you know, they, they think one thing and do another and it, and it becomes a real challenge. So when these things happen, what do you do? So you take these couple of things that we're going to talk about foundationally around leadership and how to approach things. And then we're going to apply that in a way that helps leaders or business owners or uh, others in your audience really resolve conflict, right? How do they deal with how do they deal with the impact of these situations in their business? How do they approach those situations? How do they unpack it and navigate that with those people directly? How do they not only do that for the purpose of the person they're interacting with that may have had a positive test result, but what about all of the other people standing behind you watching you do that, Mm -hmm. right? Because you may not be able to salvage the relationship with the individual that's directly impacted by this. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. But if I assume that you can't, I can tell you when that person walks out the door, you're going to be left with everybody who watched how you handled that. And that's going to say, more about you as a leader and more about how you handle situations and will determine if those people want to continue to work for you in that business because they can see the future for how they may or may not be treated. Right. So that's, that's a big one. And then we're going to put it together finally and say, okay, we have all of these dynamics. We have dealing with this conflict, dealing with this, these disruptions at work, how to navigate that in a, in a humane, successfully, but yet firm way that allows the business to minimize risk and move forward and, and do it with some dignity, then we're going to put all that together and make sure that everybody else around in the organization recognizes and sees the things that you're doing outwardly, sees, sees that as a positive uh, for your organization and sees that as a mechanism for their success. And I think we put all that together I think people will leave this, these few steps. They will leave with more information and more how-to guidance and help on how to resolve and navigate these, these challenges that they face, you know, quite frequently, honestly. Well, and, and it, that's, that's incredible because I think uh, one of the other speakers that's going to be uh, at the summit is Gina Kessler, and she's actually out there at Phoenix, Arizona as well. I need to do an introduction with the two of you. She okay. is the CEO of Impact Employee so Employer Solutions or Employee Solutions. And she's talking from an HR standpoint on mm, all of this. Okay. And so um, I think you guys both have some pretty dynamic ideas and things that are, are really going to ring true with people, especially those that are owning their own businesses and, and stuff like that on how to handle and deal with these issues. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing your session because I have uh, heard you speak and I know that it's going to be great. So, well, thanks, Chuck. I appreciate uh, it. The, what I'd like to do is uh, go ahead and try and wrap up our podcast today with you. But one of the questions that I ask or I like to ask our, our guests at the end of our podcast is, you know, Stephen, if you were walking down the street and you ran into somebody that you haven't seen in a while, and you guys decided to go have lunch or coffee or whatever it may be, what is the one book that you would sit down with that individual and say, you know what, you've got to read this book? Yeah, I, I, um, I've been reading this new book. 
It's called, and it's from a friend of mine who published it. His name is Dr. Pillay. And um, he, you know, he's got this incredible story. He was born and he was born in Nigeria. He grew up in a, in a refugee camp. And, and he told me once that if you know those commercials on TV that have the little kids uh, with flies flying around them in the pot belly stomach and the bloatedness, he says, he says, you know, that was me growing wow. up. Wow. This was, yeah. And, and he, uh, you know, immigrated to the U S has got his PhD. He's, He's been um, uh, an HR executive for Dale Carnegie and different organizations. Wow. He's on his own now, and he's a musician. He's, he's written um, uh, some top 10 hits for some different musicians out there. And he's, um, he's just an incredible guy. So he's put out this – he's done, I think, five or six books, but his latest book is called My Seven Songs, and it's about building teams. So when you talk about leadership, it, it, he, what he does is he takes – he takes uh, the the aspects of music mm-hmm. and harm and harmony and the way you learn because uh, we all learned our ABCs to the to the Twinkle Twinkle Little Star song, you know A B C D E F G, mm-hmm. and um, you know I didn't really put those two together until he mentioned that to me. I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> But uh, but uh, he's an incredible guy. He wrote his latest book, My Seven Songs, is about building dynamic harmonic teams and he's an executive coach uh and i just love my relationship with him and i'm reading that getting so much inspiration out of that so i'd highly recommend that book if you're interested in team building and and how to get the most out of your teams and how to build those relationships uh and and do it in a way that really resonates i I could certainly recommend my seven songs that's awesome. I will put a link to that book in the show notes along with uh, your podcast information as well and contact information. I'm sure that everybody is going to get quite a bit out of your session of the virtual summit. And with that, I'd like to take a, a moment just to acknowledge you and express gratitude for, for you and the skills that you bring and for your background. It takes a special individual to be able to realize that they have this gift of helping others to be a great leader and to be able to have the patience and understanding and the desire to see other people uh, succeed. And that is truly a gift. And we're blessed to have you with us and to be able to share that with us. So I wanted to thank you for that. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, Again, I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to the summit and uh, just can't wait until May 22nd. So Appreciate, appreciate you as always, my friend. All right, man. Thank you. And we look forward to having you on the summit on the 22nd. Take care. Yeah, you bet. I'd like to thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Clearing the Haze with our virtual summit speaker, Stephen Faust. Clearing the Haze virtual summit, Unmasking the Marijuana Camouflage, will take place on May 22nd, 2020. This event is being sponsored in part by Clearing the Haze podcast and on-site medical services. Please visit the Clearing the Haze website page for further information on the summit, our speaker, and their backgrounds, as well as the topics and descriptions of those topics for each summit session. This is an exciting event and a -a one-of-a-kind event that you will not want to miss. With that, our next episode will be on Monday. So until then, remember, it's your vision, it's your dream, and it's your business. Take care.